Good morning. It is Wednesday, April 15th. You're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. Today I'm joined by 24-7 sports national college football writer Chris Hummer. Chris, I don't know if you heard, but yesterday on the podcast, I presented Bill Hancock's quotes about how they're planning for an on-time college football playoff to follow the 2020 season. Today on the podcast, I wanted to have you on to talk about some playoff news as well, but this is more about playoff expansion based on an article from Yahoo Sports' Pete Thamel that lays out the possibility of an eight-team playoff starting in perhaps the fall of 2022. So we're going to wade through this with with everybody. But what are your initial impressions from reading this article a few times? Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I think there's certainly been momentum in college football pushing towards an expanded playoff. I think the question of as to whether we need an expanded playoff is up to debate, but there's no question in terms of administrators and people around the sport that money is to be made if you expand the playoff. And money tends to talk. And in this environment, which I think uh, Pete Thamel's article really lays out, money is super important for athletic officials as they kind of deal with the budget shortfalls that come with the coronavirus outbreak. And I think this is going to probably be just another kind of reason or an excuse to kind of push the playoff uh, kind of window wider and expand it to more teams. Yeah, no, that's that's certainly interesting how the, the fina- financial impetus is greater right now because you're seeing you know sports in dire need college athletic programs cutting different sports and they need the money Cincinnati cut soccer today for example like it it happens every day essentially yeah and and Yahoo Sports is citing here a uh, navigate research CEO who says per school payout in the power five school if you expand the playoff would jump from five million to ten million so I mean we we aren't economists we don't really know if that's going to be enough but like this seems like a good thing it seems like it seems like it's something that i was surprised that 2022 was the timeline here like at the earliest because there's six years left on this espn on espn's deal like they they might rip up a contract and go back to the drawing board and get this in uh, for a spring of 2023 payout yeah, that would be that'd be interesting because I think you mentioned uh, Pete Thamel mentioned the article as well. But usually, you make more money on the back end of contracts because a lot of your fees kind of associated with kind of broadcasting these events and kind of the initial like payments are made at the bulk as you invest in the infrastructure, you invest in talents, you kind of make deals with um, ad companies and ad buys, and a lot of the money tends to come later in the contract when you have um, kind of less. Um, obstacles in front of you at the beginning of a contract if you're a network and it'd be it'd be interesting to see espn kind of rip up a contract in the middle of it when they're kind of reaching their money making stretch to do so but i guess if espn can secure the rights to the playoffs for an extended amount of time and i believe looking in the past i've looked at espn's numbers and the college football playoff outside of their wild card game is their best kind of viewed and most viewed event of the year in most of the cases so it'd be a pretty significant win for ESPN, but I don't know. It's just, that seems like really quick. That seems to be really, really um, close for us to expand it that quickly, but money kind of tends to talk. And if there's money to be made on both sides, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to get it done. It's, 
you know, like we've talked about the last few years, should there be a playoff expansion? You know, should there not be? I've seen some really interesting cases for why there shouldn't be about how we always get the best four. Sometimes we don't even need four. And I mean, Chris, we watched Oklahoma versus LSU this year. I don't really think I needed to see LSU versus an eight seed. Or two years ago, we watched Clemson versus Notre Dame. I don't know if I, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, like you've seen sure. some cases, but I think we all knew that we ha- had gotten to a point where there was even no point in debating should we or shouldn't we because we knew we would. And there, Brett McMurphy of Stadium did a survey and 88% of all athletic directors that he polled were in favor of expanding the playoff. And it makes sense because they're going to get more money. From a football virtue, do, is this the right move for our sport to, to go to eight teams? And you're continuing to de-emphasize the bowl season, which is fine because the players don't care about it either, and neither do the fans. But you're also de-emphasizing the regular season. Does this eliminate the great marquee non-conference games we're seeing uh, if you go to eight-team playoff, or does it do we get more of them now that there's you know wider field and, and more leeway if you lose the game? How does this affect our sport? Yeah, I, I mean, you just touched on a lot of interesting questions. I think the first thing is, in a lot of ways, like I was never in favor of expanding the playoffs because I think it, as you said, de-emphasizes the importance of bowl season. But I think we've gotten to the point where the era we grew up in, which was caring about BCS bowls and the important, like the import of those games, is done. It is done, Fans right? Like, no, no, you're right. Like, and just as we harp on that, we used to circle the the four BCS bowls. Like, I'm watching this no matter what, right? And now we are we're watching on matchup selectives. So, no, you're right. You hit yeah. The, like, the, the I just remember, over. I remember Texas getting in the 2004 Rose Bowl over Cal being such a big deal for Mac Brown's program growing up. But what I was gonna say is. Like with those games meaning less now, I think in that sense, expanding the playoffs actually makes sense because you further dilute the bowl games, which we don't really care as much about anyway anymore. I feel like even the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl hold kind of the same sway they used to. And if you make those games quarterfinal games or even make it kind of a 16 team bracket, those teams that were kind of left in the dark in terms of December and January football, like only the most passionate fans care about that, now have a purpose to keep going and players have a purpose for playing in bowl games. So I think in that sense, it does make sense to potentially consider expansion. But what I would say, and I'm sure you have a thought on this too, I'm looking at the semifinal results uh, for the playoffs since 2015. And I believe we've had a total of two games two semifinal games that were within a touchdown. So that's Ohio state, Alabama in 2015 and then Georgia, Oklahoma in 2018. And that's it. So like these games haven't been close. What about uh, Ohio state Clemson? I know Ohio state Clemson this year. I'm sorry. Three. We have three total out of what is that? Six years worth of results. So these games are not often close. And I just don't see that personally from a football perspective, I don't see a reason to make the tournament any bigger, but I can I can see both sides of the argument. Yeah, I mean, like I'm all in favor of having eight teams. It just it makes it a little bit more fun. I, I as you you know, it, it is interesting that I, I I can easily more easily remember the good semis than the than any other semi because I'm like, oh, what about Ohio State Clemson? That one was close, and I, I remember you know Tua versus Kyler. That was probably a ten point game at the, at the final score. I don't have it in front of me. It wasn't a touchdown. It was somewhat compelling. 
it was it was 45 34 but even that game required an oklahoma comeback in the second half to make it even respectable absolutely i like does anybody remember alabama versus washington and uh the peach bowl well you remember those games or alabama versus michigan state for how uncompetitive or non-competitive they were yeah you remember sitting there being like i don't need another game like this so eight teams go ahead no, I was just going to say, like, I was at the Fiesta Bowl in 2017 when Clemson played Ohio State. We all thought that was going to be an amazing football game, and Clemson just destroyed Ohio State. Like, there are some reasons for that, but, like, if that game between the number two and three team in the country isn't competitive, do we really think the game between the number one and the number eight seed is going to be competitive, or the number one versus the number 16 seed is competitive? At that point, you're kind of harming the top seeds for making them play those extra games, but... And I'm sure we'll get to this. I do love the idea that Pete Thamel threw out in his article of having those games at home for the teams and maybe the quarters and the semifinals and letting the teams host. Oh. I think that is a pretty big advantage. Okay, yeah, let's dive into that. So uh, well, th- that's for the quarters or the semis. And that, hey, you want to talk about bringing money back to a school or even a city after the, the shutdown? That would be a way to do it. Oh, yeah. Who would who would not want to see like Alabama hosting? I don't know. Who would have been the eight seed this year? Let's just at Oregon or something like Alabama versus Oregon and Tuscaloosa would be awesome. It'd be a normal, it'd be a normal Saturday in Tuscaloosa times like three, because there's a playoff, like there's actual stakes on the line and kind of our home stadium. And given conference championship games, we don't actually, we see consequential college football games during the season. Like college football tends to matter more than other sports during the regular season based on how the postseason works, but there are never championships decided like, on home fields anymore like this would be a really cool opportunity for something really consequential to occur in a college environment and i think that's all that's why i fell in love with college football i love going out to games on saturdays walking through the tailgates listening to the band it's what makes college football college football and if we can figure out a way to kind of take some of the sterilized nature out of the national championship game and the playoffs which often happens at these big pro stadiums like i'm all for that that's a really good point that that, that's interesting do as you as we started talking about a playoff expanded in 2022, I'm thinking realignment, and realignment's sort of been brought back up right now recently with the pandemic. You know, will it spur any sort of realignment? Will it change how we thought realignment's going to happen? I've seen people talk about the super conferences again. Like, how would you do? How do you? I'm not asking you how you do it, but like, how do we think they do? an eight team playoff in an era in which the conferences could literally change within the playoff. Do we want a group of five automatically in here? Do we, do you, do you want four? four I don't even know. Like, I don't know what the PAC 12 is going to look like. Like it's Texas in the PAC 12. You know what I mean? Is Oklahoma. Yeah, in the that's Pac-12? actually <laughs> potential realignments. Another kind of potential hurdle to playoff expansion, especially in 2022. Most of those, um, kind of conference TV deals, which kind of predicate potential realignment or kind of make it possible, expire 2025, 2026. And if you re-up your college football playoff deal with ESPN and the terms are set, and then you have conference realignment on the back end of that, it I think it makes uh, momentous conference realignment less likely since the terms and the structures are already there for the future of the sport moving forward. So that's interesting to track. I, I'd love to see a group of five team in there personally. I know not everybody would agree with me. I just think it's a lot more fun when you have kind of that underdog, that Cinderella story. 99% of the times they're going to go against Goliath as the number one seed and they'll probably be out anyway. 
if that's the case, you're rewarding the number one seed for being a number one seed. But I think some of our favorite memories as college football fans are like Boise State running the Statue of Liberty against Oklahoma. I loved watching UCF upset Auburn. Um, those games are really kind of fun memories as a college football fan. And I think I think it would be going against kind of the nature of the sport, at least what we view the nature of the sport to be. Ultimately, it's a blue blood thing if we didn't at least allow the group of five teams an opportunity to shoot for those goals. Well, I was just going to say it actually makes sense if you gave them the auto bid as an eight seed every year because, I mean, let's face it, they're just going to be less talented than any power five team who could be an eight seed and thus match up against a one because you do want to reward your team for playing you know you do want to reward your one seed so you know in in some years you might get screwed hey here's mckenzie milton's ucf knights great um and you probably don't work in a one seed opting out there but at the same time it would be kind of interesting to finally have a power five team play a group of five team and actually, this Power 5 team now has something to lose. This isn't the Peach Bowl that it doesn't care about. This is Clemson hosting Houston in Death Valley with a you know its playoff life on the line. So you're, you know that both teams are going to show up, and if Clemson loses, it's not going to be because Clemson didn't want to play there, right? So like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I... I think like I think making the group of five team an automatic eight seed is a really fun idea because like as you said like no matter the circumstance the number one seed is going to be considerably more talented than the group of five team no matter what group of five team it is like I think 2016 Houston a team that had a freshman year at Oliver had Josh Jones who's going to be a first round pick in this draft and uh, who is the quarterback few, like, who is the quarterback? quarterback Greg that- Ward Greg Ward. Yeah, that team was excellent, but like they were still nowhere near as talented as the top teams that season. I know Florida State lost, but like that team is about as good as it gets from a group of five perspective, and they would still be a significant underdog against whatever power five team it went against. I think any power five or any elite college football coach would be happy to tell you that they'd much rather play the group of five champion than they would um, Wisconsin, maybe the big 10 champion from year to year. So I don't, I don't think you're hurting the number one seed at all. I just think you're making it more interesting for that game. That would usually be a layup for the number one seed. Last question. Am I, am I right? Or am I reaching as we forecast the next five, 10 years of college football as with an 18 playoff, do we expect there to be more parity in the sport than there has been in the last few seasons? And to sum that up, are we slowly moving away from the two-team reign of Alabama and Clemson? Like, do we see, you know, does Florida come out of the SEC East for once? And Georgia's still there as an at-large. Does A&M and LSU and Alabama and Auburn, like, are they are they all competitive at the same time? Does Texas get competitive? Does Michigan get competitive? Does Notre Dame stay competitive? Does Florida State get competitive? Does USC rise up again? If any of those things can happen, or most of those things, then I think we would have a more competitive eight-team field than what we've been used to, where you're just watching one or two teams spank everybody else. Yeah, I think that's a it's a compelling and kind of uh, – complicated question i think we both follow recruiting really closely 24 7 sports owns recruiting in college football and we both know that last year there were five teams in recruiting that really mattered you had alabama georgia ohio state clemson and lsu like for a long time it was alabama and the rest of the field ohio state recruited well georgia recruited well when kirby smart got there but last year i think we finally saw that window push out to five i don't know like I think kids tend to follow the leader in recruiting and recruiting ultimately determines who's going to be competitive over the long run. I don't know how much 
kind of wider that uh, range will be for elite, elite teams from year to year. But I think if you do push it out to eight, you have the opportunity for more teams to emerge. You have the opportunity for more teams to create momentum. Teams, when they go on the recruiting trail, are no longer saying like what we could do. If you win the Big 12, you're in the college football playoff, you can tell a recruit, hey, we have an opportunity every year to play in the college football playoff. And some conferences and some schools can't really sell that right now. So I think that makes a difference. But in terms of like parity, I also think the name, image, and likeness stuff is going to have a really big kind of role to play in that in determining how kind of this works over the next decade, depending on how the legislation is written and depending on what players are allowed to receive. Certain markets could certainly be uh, advantaged in those situations. But it's like, I think this is like, it's always a really murky time for sports and the future of sports. And I think right now is a particularly um, kind of foggy glimpse into the future in terms of what we're projecting. But either way, I think it's a pretty safe bet that we eventually have expanded playoff. And I think it's also a pretty safe bet that a lot of the schools you mentioned are going to be pretty good at multiple points in the future. Yeah, I totally forgot about NLI being on our radar. So there are, there, you know, there's some, some fun stuff in college football to look forward to once we get out of this this shutdown and, and you know work through it because. I'm I'm all in on an 18 playoff. I'm you know Chris right now I'd be in on a backyard game. Uh, so I I'm in on a playoff. I'm in on NLI. You know we got a transfer rule vote coming up. So hey, I'd be very in on NCAA football if EA Sports wanted to get back on that pretty soon. That'd be great. If I've long maintained that if NCAA football came back, like I would like blow through like all of my allotted PTO time. <laughs> now that would no longer happen because I'm like itching to get back into the office. So, you know, I would just, you know, play, play on the weekends, but, uh, the, the day in civil football comes back, we will have a week long podcast about it. So Chris, thanks for joining me and you know, hoping this happens. It looks like it probably will. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the college football daily. If you guys appreciate what we're doing, please leave us a five star rating on Apple podcast. And if you have a better idea than an eight-team playoff, but an idea that still helps a lot of schools recoup some of the money they're going to lose, leave that suggestion in a review and we'll pass it along to the powers that be. So for Chris Hummer, for our producer Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott, and we will see you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.